0: Yeah, so we're back recording again. Okay, so I feel like it's been 10 years since we last talked. <laughs> 10 years worth of... <laughs> like, it's been a wild month. Yeah. I mean,
1: jungi has been canceled. Um, I've been canceled about 10 times, I think. Um, yeah, everyone's been canceled. Uh, Blackpink came at- back and were cancelled. Um... <laughs>
2: Blackpink in your area.
1: Yeah, everyone's been cancelled. It's just a month of cancellations. It's been very exciting.
0: It's been a year, this 2020 year of cancellations.
1: <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it'd be easier to find somebody that hasn't been cancelled at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, yeah, well we can, um, I don't know, do we have a song that we want to start off with? Just to get everyone in the mood for sort of this, um, I think we're going to be touching on some drama, maybe?
0: Yeah, Hi, do you feel like something from Augustine?
1: Oh. uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, You know what I really want okay. to hear, actually, is um the Beatles. Uh okay. Yeah, they have the song that goes, "I'm so
0: tired." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, that is 2020 mood right there. Let's let's do it. Yeah. I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink
3: i so tired My mind is on the blink I wonder should I get up And fix myself a drink No, no, no I'm so tired I don't know what to do I'm so tired My mind is set on you I wonder, should I call you? But I know what you would do. You'd say, putting you on, but it's no joke. It's doing
4: me harm, you know I can't sleep. I can't stop my brain, you know it's three
2: weeks. I'm going insane, you know i give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind.
1: So... um Uh, One of the things I've been following on Japanese Twitter right now is if you search the Beatles in Japanese, um, one of your first, like, suggestions that pops up is apologize to the Beatles. (laughs) And if you click through, you realize it's because um, there were some, like, you know, press release type articles, like, you know, according to Big Hit, blah, blah, blah type articles uh, comparing um, the Beatles to BTS. And (laughs) if you know Japanese Beatles fans, um, you know that did not go over very well. And um, some of the articles (laughs) they're getting ratioed at like an incredible speed. I was kind of following in them like a bit this afternoon while I was uh watching stuff.
0: Like everything and anything in Japanese that has BTS in it right now is getting ratioed pretty hard. (laughs) 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 It's insane, like. They hold a grudge. They hold a... <laughs> you, once that got out, I uh, that was it. I knew that was it for BTS. The, as
1: far as- yeah, the Atomic Bomb t-shirt right now, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, if you enter genba- uh, Genbaku, like Atomic Bomb, um, <laughs> the first thing that pops up, not Genbaku Dome, like in Hiroshima or anything like that. Nope, Genbaku t-shirt. Um, so...
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: and I was actually thinking about it like so BTS is going to be going on NHK uh, songs, which is um, on the national broadcasting channel. And I think if they I think if it was a different channel, like if it was like a commercial broadcast channel, it, there might not have been this big reaction. But because everyone kind of pays into it, um, there's been a lot of tweets about like. I'm not paying my, um, you know,
0: license fee, like blah, blah, blah. If people don't know, the NHK, like the broadcasting station, still does door-to-door solicitations for donating. This is, you know, a public service. You should be paying into it. And they will come back. Yeah, it's, so-
1: it's pretty, like, yeah, I've been kind of following this story. And, um, the, like, it's like every time there's an announcement um, from NHK, it just sets off this um, really big, like ratioing slash firestorm. Um, And I'm actually kind of surprised that NHK hasn't canceled it. But the only thing I can think is that this appearance was meant to tie in with the um, Olympics, which were supposed to be happening Yes, because um, all of the, press in japanese around bts has really focused on their global popularity and how they're Mm -hmm. a global group and um unlike other um nhk stuff like you know they asked for questions submitted in english and they were really emphasizing like oh we got questions from you know europe and america and brazil and um like in english they said this and that's pretty unusual for NHK. So I'm almost positive that this was set up as kind of like to kind of generate interest um, before the Tokyo 2020 Olympics that are now lo- no longer happening. And so there's absolutely nothing to distract from the fact that this, like, this is kind of like publicity for nothing, almost, like on NHK's part. And I'm sure yeah, there's someone
0: backfiring. Like, it's backfiring in the worst way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm sure there's some NHK, like, low-level staff doing social media that are just tearing their hair out because I'm almost positive that they would have had to wade through, like, hundreds of questions about, like, the atomic bomb t-shirt and um oh, along with like a questions
0: from actual fans. <laughs> yeah, along with
1: like idiotic questions from actual fans and you know a handful of of um you know real questions, but yeah, it's pretty amazing like all of the tweets from like the these Japanese accounts um whether it's like Billboard Japan or NHK songs like if you look underneath I mean, 95% of the replies um, are in like are. English or, you know, not Japanese, um, unless unless it's one of these ones like the NHK songs where like the top comments in Japanese are like, um, I'm not paying my fee this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, pretty, it's pretty incredible, to be honest, um, to see this kind of like play out. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen yeah, like, my last cancellation, which I'm just, like, you know, I just deleted my account again, um, because it's just not worth bickering with children about pre-order charts, but I'd been posting pre-order charts from, like, HMV and Tower Records and, like, Amazon, like, these kind of mainstream, um, record stores, (laughs) and, like, the BTS album has been, like, in the, um, 20s, like, it's been pretty low, um, And I'm pretty sure it's because mainstream interest for BTS is low, low to non-existent. Um, I still think they're going to get number one for the week, uh, but it's going to be all like fan club orders. And like, I'm, I didn't check like right after the album was announced, but I'm guessing there was like a big sort of surge right at the beginning where people kind of ordered their four or whatever. And then you know, or that eight. was it. Or the eight or <laughs> <laughs> however many, sixteen. Uh because you gotta get all the photo There's cards. Eight
0: versions. There was eight versions. oh Yeah,
1: they ordered all eight versions. Um so I'm guessing like the hardcore fans already have ordered theirs and then like that's it. So we'll see we'll see what they could do.
0: But like and now we got this you know super special free limited edition DVDs that were announced pretty much the week before release
1: like what oh yeah and i i had to untangle that because i was like wait a second there were eight versions and there was only one version with a dvd right so i'm like where did these other three dvds come from and i went back and i checked the original album announcement and there was like this thing with um serial numbers like you get like a card in your CD, if you live in Japan, that's got a serial number on it. And I usually ignore this stuff because I don't live in Japan and like, I can't use those. And so I went back and checked and there was like, you could enter to watch um, an online showcase through this app. Um, And then that was it. Like there was just a, then I went and checked and like, yeah, on the 10th, I guess it was Friday, um, they announced two additional lottery prizes. So you have the online showcase, there was now this new online talk event, and now there was um, three different special DVDs that you could enter the raffle to get. So you're not guaranteed one. It's not like you buy a CD with a serial code and you get a DVD. No. Um, You have to enter. And what's hilarious to me is that this is the exact... Like, this is what AKB48 and, like, those kinds of idol groups do is, um, and that's why, like, I posted an, um, a translated article I did of, um, explaining, like, uh, what happens to all those bulk purchased CDs (laughs) and, like, (laughs) the guys that bulk, like, they talk to AKB48 fans who bought, like, you know, they'll buy, like, 200 CDs because they have these little raffle tickets in them. It's the exact same playbook, and they do it to um, boost sales, right? And so it's just funny, like, five days before, like, here, here's this, you know, known, proven technique used to boost CD sales. Um, so, you know, you can say you're not an idol group all you want, but if you're using, like, a page out of the AKB48 playbook, like, you know, take your 100% organic, authentic sales and...
3: トロトロトロッドウェイトロトロトロト思っていたより地球はゆっくりと回っている胸の奥に浮かぶ言葉を拾い集めよう
0: That's basically what the fan size are based off of. It's the handshake
1: raffle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And there's no, sh- I mean, the, the thing that, that I, you know, I really want people to understand is I'm not saying that it's like bad to do that. Um,
0: What's bad is to say that it's organic and <laughs> deny it's idol culture. Well, and say BTSs are not are their not typical idols when they're literally doing everything by the idol handbook
1: and yeah that and also to make fun of other idol groups that do the exact same like it to me that's what i, I it, really. it's so hate. hypocritical so yeah. hypocritical to say like well you know my group has these 100 percent authentic organic sales um but these other groups they use all these like tricks and they're cheating and they're using bundles organic- <laughs> yeah. And then meanwhile you can search like on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever and you see people that have bought like, you know, twenty BTS albums for the photo cards. Um, but that's a hundred percent authentic organic sales, like short. Like just totally lose me with all of that. It's ridiculous. Um and like it's not to hate on BTS. Like really, I I do not hate BTS, but I do hate that attitude that that denigrates everything about idol culture and idol fans while using all of the same techniques. It's baffling how they how they wrap their minds around this. Like I don't get
0: it. I don't know. It's like they want that exceptionalism except they're denying everything that they're copying their logic doesn't work on armies anymore i've i've, <laughs> give, I've given up i've given up completely. No,
1: I, I know i know this is like my rant like like my rant hour but um yeah like i mean please like i you know i i'm open to people disagreeing with me like people disagree with me all the time like it's fine like i recognize that i'm a cynic and old um but i really want someone to explain to me how Arashi's truth um, is is just a completely different thing from BTS's Black Swan. Like somebody please explain to me how those two things are are different um, in concept and like style and whatever like they're they're very they, yeah and you can't because they're it's like the same type of performance uh, you know that's that's what it is it's an idol group performance with like some classical elements um
0: and i don't see that there's anything wrong it's about it's about the pain of making art and struggling to make art and bts are artists not idols this is their artist form showing Uh through i don't know really clunky choreography. I did not like the choreo for Black Swan, I'll just say.
1: Well, and, you know, it's just that other other groups have done like, or what about Arashi's Lotus? I mean, you know, that's another one that's, that's um, kind of similar. There's a lot of songs like that. Um, I, I, yeah, I just don't get I don't get how like, I can see like, if you're an Idol fan, you love your group you're a stan like that's great like you think your group is the best of all time ever wonderful like i i have nothing there's nothing wrong with it i'm not like i'm not gonna argue with you if you think black swan is the best song ever ever done like i don't agree but you're welcome like you're welcome to your opinion i respect it but you can't then say no one's ever done it before no no one's ever done it before (laughs) it's completely (laughs) unique and every other artist sucks
0: like to yeah, me every, that... other, every other yeah everyone else who does something similar didn't do it the right way or it's not authentic right like, or I, they... there was nothing nothing authentic about black swan Honestly, where <laughs> they time traveled back
1: to steal the like like all these other groups time traveled to the future stole the idea from bts and then time traveled back that's the only answer
0: like you can have the the tortured artist like concept but you don't own that and you can't say that that's something new
1: yeah and you also like you can say yeah you can say like wow i hope i hope the japanese public loves black swan to me that's like yeah i hope yeah sure there's nothing wrong with that if it's your favorite artist yeah i hope i would hope that they liked it too but to say with confidence, oh, they're going to eat this up. Really? Nope. Really? I, You're going to make that statement?
0: <laughs> I really don't see Japanese, like anyone watching TV or listening to the radio being like, yeah, I want to put this in my CD player or whatever they're using. Oh, God. So... <laughs> Their reaction
1: to Stay Gold was so limp. Um, I, I actually saw J Armies saying things like, like I was happy to see them on TV, but wow, I this is not what I wanted wanted to show my friends watching, um, you know, and so on. It, I mean, it's just if they're it, like, it just feel like this is just a swing and a miss at the Japanese market. Who loved DNA, by the way? Like they loved DNA. Um, that that actually was a song that everybody liked uh, and did well.
0: My drop was an attempt to showcase the rapper side of BTS, but that was also kind of a mess, mostly a mess.
1: Yeah, that was, that was another swing and miss. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Japanese market is unique. Uh, their listening habits are unique. Their tastes are unique. Um, what they, what they like is just, I mean, the three biggest artists right now are um, Yonezu Kenshi, who actually has an album coming out in, like stray sheep his fifth album is crushing it in the pre-order charts like crushing it um and his new song like the video came out on the 10th on friday and it's like super catchy and it's kind of this like um like very kind of jazzy like laid back uh just like very mellow but like with a bit of a uh like with a bit of a beat but just very mellow song like it's really good um i'm looking forward i'm actually looking forward to this fifth album
3: I know I like why Tattoo, tattoo, tattoo. Even in
1: Um, but then yeah, it's uh, official Higay Dundism, who are a rock band with um sort of like progressive rock
3: tendencies. <laughs>
1: And then um, King New, who are sort of like a power pop, I guess, is the best way to describe them.
4: Stay.
1: Yeah, like the other thing armies got mad at me about was I had posted the Oricon um half year charts. And if you looked just at physical albums, BTS um Map of the Soul Seven was the highest selling in physicals. But if you looked at their like complete chart, actually it was King New who had the best selling album. And I had people getting mad at me about that. This was like the media play thing from Big Hit was that BTS was the first foreign artist since um, Michael Jackson to top the half-year Oricon chart. And I'm like, well, technically, yes, but Michael Jackson, (laughs) they didn't have the total chart when he released his album. So...
0: Yeah, it's like a very specific, like, this is the time frame, and this is, like, one... Like it's not like a yearly chart. It's not all artists. It's for an artist at the half-year chart. It's a. It's like uh, it's just nitpicking at chart data. But yeah, that's and what it is,
1: and it's like you can twist them. You can twist a chart to like get that first since blah 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 or whatever you want. But like literally, it doesn't mean anything. Higay like Higay Dan is popular. <laughs> like, they're popular in Japan like end of story um, you know BTS they have fans in Japan they have a lot of fans in Japan but they're, they're a Korean group they're not mainstream they sell a lot of albums because they're an idol group and idol groups sell a lot of albums and this is something I've talked about in old episodes but if you look at the album charts like on Oricon sales have been steadily declining like for years and um idol sales are the only um artists that, that haven't declined like they've stayed the same and so when you look at those physical album charts what you're looking at is you're looking there like it's it's distorted that and so when oricon introduced their total album chart it was an attempt to kind of um you know sort of fix that and so it it took into account like digital digital stuff for the first time physical sales are still very important in japan but it's not like it's not the full story and and i think that anyone trying to claim that they're an expert on the japanese market that like doesn't understand that
0: or um or it doesn't know who johnny's is (laughs) Anyone,
1: anyone asking who's johnny's entertainment um do not trust one thing they have to say not just about k-pop but about any asian music at all if you don't know who johnny's is i'm sorry like you should not be charging for your quote-unquote wisdom
0: it's like it's like saying i know everything about k-pop and then not know fm or jyp yes. or yg is ridiculous. Oh, I'm a K-pop
1: expert. Um, who's sm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, who's big bang? Yeah, like just get out of here with that. Ugh. Anyway, that's like but, the the long long and winding rant about why uh, I had to deactivate my Twitter um because uh, yeah, armies are so insecure. That they could not stand me posting um, pre-order charts on a private locked Twitter account. So, uh, whatever. Um, I didn't need to be. They can yeah. take
0: take that lottery and just be like, "Oh, <laughs> organic." And <laughs> they and they post that, then I'll be like, "Okay, so yeah, like that's just like Exhibit A of what." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what we're trying to get out here. I know. I'm they sure they can't handle the call out.
1: No, and I, you know, and I'm sure because I do think BTS are going to get number one, um, because they're an idol group, and idol groups sell records. But yeah, like so, I'm sure that there's going to be armies gloating like at my expense, being like, ooh, look, uh, number one, number one! Uh, ha, you thought they weren't going to sell?
0: Sold out stadiums. Oh, yeah,
2: and
0: I that's uh, this and that. What we're talking about is you know what. They claim to yeah. that BTS is doing is that they're getting attention from you know locals and the general population. That's what we're
2: yeah. the contention
0: is is that we're trying to say that's not the case. It's never been the case with idols. Idol no. culture is subculture, and it took me a long time to realize that. Like every time Arashi did a variety show and they would like go out and talk to people, they'd be like, "Do you know who I am? Do you know Arashi?" and Like they would always be like super happy, super surprised or thrilled that, you know, someone on the street knew who they were. And this is this carried on even to when they were everywhere in Japan, when they were really popular on TV, like they they knew that even though they were on like primetime television, that that did not guarantee people knew who they were because idols are a dime a dozen.
1: And it really wasn't until and the, oh god and there's so many Johnny's groups, so many Johnny's groups, um, but yeah, like I really feel like it wasn't until like maybe the last like what six seven years that RSE really was kind of like actually really since Smap, Smap went away, um, like that last maybe like yeah. 2015, ish 2014 2015. Where, like, really everyone in Japan could name all five RSHE members.
0: And then we got, like, BTS over here doing baskin Robin commercials <laughs> where the lady on on the set was like, oh, I worked with BTS the other day. I didn't realize it at the time, but I guess that's who they were. <laughs> like, imagine working on the set or, like, working with the baskin Robin promotions and being like, oh that was bts
1: oh my bad i know it's and it's like it's and the thing is is you know it's not like that isn't a drag on bts because idols are subculture and in korea especially like idols are seen as i mean pretty much i think it's like for foreigners and teenage girls Like, those are the two idol markets in Korea. Weirdo foreigners and teen girls. Um, With very rare exception, like um, Big Bang. I think Winner has kind of crossed over that a bit, like Icon, Um, some of the older SM groups are kind of known, Super Junior. Yeah, but for the most part, there's so many idols. Like, the market is so saturated. And sometimes I just get the feeling that these, like, international fans, especially the new ones, they really think that these entire countries, Korea, Japan, the the entirety of China, are sitting around, like, grannies, uncles, aunties, you know, kids, they're all sitting around their computers voting for a music bank. <laughs> like, like, I mean, nobody cares. No, it doesn't matter. No one cares. Like, and that doesn't take away from idol culture, but it's not mainstream. And, like, I think to to keep your sanity, like, and still be a fan, like, you have to understand that this is not mainstream. And you can't just go around bragging that, like, ooh, my faves did this, my faves did that. No, no one cares. Absolutely nobody
0: cares. And, like, I think that mentality really arose from you know, the BBMA push the, you know, BTS doing Ellen and all the late night talk shows and yes, that was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking when, you know, Girls' Generation did it too. Yes, and we have a, you know what I
3: was noticing? I was walking in. I wanted to I don't know if we have a camera outside, but we have there's the the group here. It's called, what Uh, is the group? Girls' Generation.
2: Girls'
4: Generation. People lined up People were lined up last night. They're from
3: Korea. Korean, yes, Korean Korean pop. And they were lined up. So I saw outside. You can see. Look at their bus outside and the people and the fans waiting outside. outside. They could not
2: get in.
0: Like we were like, oh man, this is finally happening. Nothing, you know, happened after that. But it was groundbreaking that you know they got to the point where they they were on U.S. television. And but you have to realize that it's just a flash in the pan, like, yeah, whether or not they can keep that momentum long term, like it's gone on longer than I thought it would, honestly.
1: Well, but it's it's I mean, again, it's like this artificial um, push. It's an artificial bubble. The media culture in America, especially there's not one media culture. It's been so splintered. We don't have mm-hmm. a mainstream Um, and that's what made SuperM so great was that it really, they really targeted their push to the K-pop subculture and it got a lot of like different people invested and they did very well with that. Um, and I think SuperM was like a huge success. The BTS audience of not K-pop subculture fans, but boy band fans, uh really they're like locusts. They will chew and chew and chew and eat and then discard and move to the next thing. Whereas I feel like K pop subculture fans, um, you know, they, they have a much longer attention span. Um, like, you know, look at Super Junior fans. Like Super Junior is still going strong. Um, Big Bang fans are patiently waiting for Big Bang to come back. Um uh, and, and
0: I, I say this as the nicest way possible, as like I was never a K pop fan. So, from the J pop side, I always thought K pop fans had a short attention span. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, these groups have only been out for five years. That's cute. <laughs> Where you got like, you know, Johnnies that have been out for like, you know, 15 plus years now and been on TV since they were like 10. Yeah. But, but now I, I do have an appreciation for the K-pop um, fans who have stuck out the mil- the military service because that was like the really first big wave, right? That just went in just now? Or uh, are coming out just now?
1: Well, the first big wave I think really was like um, Tohoshinki. Oh, Tohoshinki, uh, yeah. Tohoshinki, tohoshinki and Shinhua. Yeah. When those two groups... I feel like the fact that those two groups and... Okay, so Super Junior, Toho Shinki, and Xinhua, um all went in and came out and did stuff. And I, I think for... Especially for Toho Shinki and Shinhua uh, and even Super Junior, I mean, they've done good work. Like, it's... They're, they're definitely on that, like, SMAP, Arashi um track of putting out good work like well into their um you know second decade although i think uh xinhua might be um sadly who knows if they're going to come back again but um their stuff from like 2013 2014 2015 2016 uh those few years i mean it's it's good i liked it
3: Pushing girl, no do girl 더 말도 필요 없어 oh, 더 떨려지는 숨을 한번 크게 쉬고 난 너를 경험해 내 심장을 하게 아무도 몰래 한 번의 눈앞에
4: So, yeah, we'll see.
1: Shiny um, is coming out this year, although Taman has to go in. Um, and Big Bang are rumored to be coming back in October. So that will be pretty um, incredible if they do. I think what the
0: army is misunderstanding from, you know, the, the Manti evil side <laughs> is that <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is what we're concerned about. Like, will there be something left for BTS after enlistment, because the way it's going now, like, yeah, you can bank on a majority of ARMY being there when they come back, but, like, are they going to have burned through all their revenue by then, you know, erecting building after building, (laughs) building. (laughs) and, 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 and like, the, the sixth or seventh, you know, BTS base. Game investment. I don't don't know. I don't know where the money is going anymore.
1: There are so so many rumors. I'm not even, I don't want to touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole. I mean, I think at this point, like, my investment is, I would like to see them all come out of this with um, careers, like, some, some, like, long-term careers and um, their health and their mental health and financial health. That's what I want.
0: I think they'll be okay. It's just I hope so. They're not. They're not gonna maintain this level of success for much longer. I don't think.
1: But is it is it success though? That I mean, I feel like this is where um, where yeah, I I always come down on, and I, where people always get mad at me about. But like, is it success if if um you know no one can hum your last single, like. Is it success if, if you have people like, you know, fighting each other and doxing each other on Twitter? Like, you know, I mean, sure, you got to do like a speech with Obama or whatever, but I mean, the fandom is like the, I mean, consistently some of the worst people I've ever encountered online. And I, I don't know. I mean, is that success? Like
0: you sold a lot of records, but what'd you get for it? money maybe the better the better word would be no- notoriety
1: yeah i guess me or me like media attention like this level of like uh um, spotlight the spotlight yeah yeah spotlight but if even like the baskin robbins lady like doesn't know who you are like, <laughs> i mean how <laughs> popular are you really you know like
0: she probably thought it was just like some new group you know oh, i'm play- sure but, the, I mean, that's the
1: thing, I think, again, like, iFans, even, like, you know, if you go to Korea, will you hear BTS? Sure. But you hear them, like, where all the white tourists hang out. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're playing in, like, the cable car up to Namsan Tower. Like, that's where you hear BTS. Yeah. I can, I'll
0: cut this rant, I'm sure, into uh, <laughs> little pieces, but. Do, you wanna, do we want to keep this as a rant session, or do you want to move into uh the docu series
1: Yeah, we can go into the docu series. But I guess the last thing I'll say like about the rant like my ranting is um you know, for all the people telling me to like, "Ooh, focus on your faves." Like, "Ooh, focus on your faves." I- I'm not like that's BTS not... was their fave. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I did like BTS a lot. Um I don't recognize this group they've become, but Um, yeah, I, I do actually really like the members and I want them to do well, but, but what I think focus on your faves misses, um, especially like, um, for people like me is that I'm not invested in that game. Like I'm not fighting on behalf of anybody. I like idol groups like period. I'm interested in the Asian music business. So this is my interest. This is my hobby. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I had the blog that before I deleted it because of um people, people going after out me. Of <laughs> yeah, people taking <laughs> things out of context. But I mean, this is my interest and I've been interested in it for years is Asian pop culture and trying to understand like you know, it's a different it's a different um market and just I mean, I've watched Music Station for I mean Pretty regularly, like close to a decade, and you know they always have like the top ten. They'll do like these, um, like top ten songs from the eighties, or like top ten songs that your parents like. And they'll like interview kids and ask them, "What's your dad's favorite song?" And they'll like compile those. And and to me, like I've always found that fascinating. Like looking at like here, here is what your sort of man on the street in um, Osaka whatever is is these are songs that that person will know um and usually it's nothing that's ever you know penetrated to sort of the, the western consciousness when it comes to like japanese music we think baby metal um or i mean there is a little bit of crossover like yellow magic orchestra um or or groups like that but and i think yeah like what those people telling me to focus on your fave i don't know any of these groups you talk about haha ha, like it, that's not that's not the point like i know abcz is never going to be globally popular like like i don't care um they have a nice career um and like a group like golden bomber who i also really like it you know i don't care if you don't know them like every single person in japan can sing mei mei like <laughs> like it, like what focus on your face what does that even mean Um, I'm interested in the entertainment industry so that's my fave like the entertainment industry like so unless you're telling me BTS is no longer part of the entertainment industry then I'm sorry but they fall under the umbrella of things I'm interested in I'm just not a shooter for I'm like I'm not a shooter for any group like I don't care Uh, like I don't care like I'm not personally invested like my, my, my self worth is not on the line if you know this group or that group doesn't get a number one single. Like it doesn't affect
0: but me in any way. That, and that's probably what's bothering them, most, them the most is because that is where they're coming from. Their self-worth, their identification as a BTS fan, as an army, is all hinged on that. And an attack on the group is it's an attack on them. And that's where the, they become shooters. It makes it very
1: difficult to continue to have positive feelings towards a group that I do genuinely, you know, have fond feelings for. Um, Maybe not the group that shuffled their way through stay gold on CDTV. That group, I think needs a a real like break refresh. They need a break. Yeah. It's, it's, it is hard sometimes to not, to not be an
0: anti. It really is. It really, really is. And, And the thing is like, when I say attack on their group, their groups is attack on them. It's not even an attack when no. you think about it. Just you know, honest criticism, and it's like, not even
1: criticism of the group. Like my, I am, you know, my biggest complaint always has been with big hit, big hit, and, and, and armies, and armies. <laughs> I mean, I are there things that you know maybe I don't necessarily love every song that that um you know BTS has done. Uh, do I wish that they had, um, more time to put into their albums and maybe more control over what was on them? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not gonna blame- like, I don't blame BTS that, um, Map of the Soul 7, like, Blue, Like, <laughs> you know? They only have so much control over it. Like, um, you know, they're, they weren't there in the engineering room mixing it. You know, whoever signed off on those mixes, like, they're the one at fault. But, ugh. Anyway, let's just move on. This has been long enough rant
0: time. (laughs) Uh, But, like, in studying the Japanese market, we just, both of us just finished watching, uh, catching up with Arashi's uh, Voyage. And the episode 10 was really interesting, where, like, they sat down with each of these, like, these different producers in L.A. And the one that did the Face Down Reborn uh, remix, Blood Pop, who has worked with Lady Gaga among many others, he said something about, you know, the global trend right now is minimalism. And I'm like, what what does that even mean? Like <laughs> do you know what this minimalism that he's talking about?
1: I caught that too, actually. And um, yeah, I thought that whole like episode ten was really interesting. Um, so we talked about Up Through Episode 7 last time, which was yeah. the one focused on Aiba. And so, so, yeah, so we watched 8, 9, and 10. And 8 was focused on Sho, uh, which was... I actually really, really enjoyed that. Like, Sho has never me too. been... He's never me been too. my favorite member of Arashi, but... Um, also me too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he never gets too personal, and I think this episode also didn't get too personal, but it did shed a little light into his um, kind of love of music, and what I really appreciated was he actually sat down with uh, Verbal from M-Flow, who is
2: I love
4: M-Flow! Yeah, yeah, who doesn't? Don't call it a comeback NETA IT Not the access Smash hits To galactic you in in the studio Ready to hit all and tap Oh, my
1: So Verbal is, he's Japanese, born in Tokyo, I think, but he is of Korean descent. And so he's also one of these, he is, I believe he's worked with Big Bang, translating some of their raps into Japanese. I want to say that's true. If it's not. I will cut this, but yeah, he's well-known, he's well-respected, well and it was interesting to hear him talk with show about show's own love of hip-hop, which he said originated from, I mean, this won my heart forever, but Snoop Dogg's, what's my name?
2: Snoop oh, it's such a Dog. surprise reveal. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Memories. <laughs> <Not bringing you. laughs> <laughs> I was <in> <laughs>
1: But you know, in in having that like um, uh having that sort of conversation about like hip hop and and verbal complimenting show or or, or, I mean I guess it was a compliment, right? Like um, that he sort of brought hip hop to kind of um sort of a, a general Japanese audience that might not have given it a listen. Um, and sort of making it making it okay to be to to have this element in sort of popular japanese song and i thought that was very interesting because that actually had never occurred to me but i i think it's
0: kind of true yeah it's it's like interesting to hear from verbal that he considered the stuff that he was doing at the time to be subculture like where what late 90s early 2000s were hip hop and rap was just starting to enter Japanese music and uh like to me I I just know MFLOW from like where they started getting really popular and to hear him put it that way was was interesting yeah to
1: me. yeah because i mean you know if if you think about it like that then if if Sakurai Show had not been as dedicated to his craft as he was, you know, if he had been one of these, like, I mean, and there are rappers in idol groups who are just sort of assigned that role and they, they sing what they're told and that's it. And, you know, that's not absolutely nothing against that. That's, that's their job. Right. But, you know, that he did put the effort in and to write his own raps and to really, to really, like... Try to make it,
0: something for himself.
2: Yeah. Like. Yeah.
1: Um, to work at it and and to put... And to not have it just be like, oh, this rap is just inserted into the song. But to really make it, like, an Arashi sound. That hip-hop sound, which maybe if you've never... Yeah, like, if you're kind of outside the, the Japanese bubble, like, it sounds kind of funny to say this, but... Yeah, like something like Lucky Man which they played in the episode a few times. Um it really like you it's it's uh that kind of style. It's it's unique. It's very Irishy.
4: Yes, yes, yes. Real yes. hip hop voice. Are like the lucky boys in the hostel? I am here, shut up with me. and future heads up. Now ready. We're not Her verbal like Herbal, info
0: like I thought they were mainstream too. So for him to say that Show did it before MFlow was like, Really? Like maybe he was just paying, you know, trying to not butter up Show but like to like uplift him, which you know, everyone who's been recorded in this series so far, you know, they're pulled in for that like to be objective. They're pulled in to say something and they're not gonna say anything super negative. But for Verbal to push it to that extent, it was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't realize, you know, he had that much respect for show. And then he goes on to say, you know, I went to your your concert just now. And, you know, I felt like such a proud parent, like, oh, look at him. He's, you know, you know, doing the call and response.
2: Like, yeah. that,
0: that was great. I really liked that. And I
1: liked, I mean, I I mean, Verbal is very respected and for good reason. And yeah, like it, and it, you know, thinking back, like it is kind of true. Like there isn't a lot of um mainstream um hip hop or mainstream rap in Japan. And when you do see it um I mean it would be kind of something like do you remember Funky Monkey Babies? Yes, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would be something like that. <laughs>
4: or um,
1: there's this great group uh, charisma.com um there's another there was another female hip-hop group that was just on music station like before coronavirus but um i mean you do see it in there they do have like you know hip-hop but it's it's not very mainstream. Like you, I mean, I feel like you're more likely to, um, find fans of like rock, like rock bands. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really nice to see S- show get, um, his compliments for, for all his rapping over all these years. I mean, hip hop boogie. What did he say? Call the mic, call the mic and pen. I'm going to rock the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was like, to all those haters who stuff like, it was <laughs> basically like his, Oh yeah, like an anti-anti response song, like response to <laughs> antis. Like he was he was doing like the August D thing before <laughs> August D. Came on. The Sakurai-, Sakurai Show, the original August D.
4: Uh, Once, Hey, hey, all the yamakazen of get Jazz band, hip hop, tell you come Pop you cool, correct? Oh, to go to noki, I got cage, mama the core gonna my like all the cyphers you know the cipher thing like you know
0: where they like were talking back to all the rappers who said they were sellouts for being idol rappers and yeah. idle rappers not being actual rappers and it was like, I feel like I've seen this before. Oh wait that's right. <laughs> Joe did this like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, I believe R she paved the way <laughs> For mic drop oh definitely. <laughs> oh yeah yeah.
1: For mic drop 100%.
4: Is this cool and soul or is this mic drop? <laughs> <laughs> <音楽><音楽> Yeah, I really really that's that's so s annoying. But yeah, it alright. Um s so episode nine
1: was the um, coronavirus episode.
0: Like, I had a feeling when they started this Netflix docu-series that because they're like, there's no set schedule. So from the beginning, it was very apparent that they were filming it as as they were going and releasing it um, after, you know, maybe a month of editing. But to have episode nine come out was, like, I was wondering if they were actually ever going to address it. And it was, like, kind of inevitable that they would because – You know, the whole docuseries was to show the year of hiatus, right? And it was just like, oh, like, they had so much planned. Like, you can just feel the disappointment. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's their last year, and, you know, there's no – now there's no Olympics. And when they had show on talking to his um, sports friends, like his uh, athlete friends – and you can just imagine, like, how excited he must have been to to have the Olympics come and you know go doing interviews. But yeah, so instead they did uh, story time.
0: Yeah, I thought that was like actually really nice to include, like, all the Zoom. It was like obviously some kind of Zoom session <laughs> with like their uh, production staff and being like, okay, well, everything is off the table now. So how about we do? story time? Yeah, let's do story time. <laughs> but like, they, they came at it, like, again, it might have been played up for the Netflix cameras, but the feeling behind it was very earnest, like, okay, well, we can't do a concert, we can't go to China, yeah, we can't tour, like, what can we do? And you know, they could have done the the K-pop thing now, which is like arts and crafts time, I guess. <laughs> um very random arts and crafts time but there's the mentality of okay well what can we do for the people what can we do for fans and like that mentality that sentimentality i think comes across much better and is very very more on brand for them yeah like
1: that very much responsible kind of um feeling feeling the responsibility of that national idol mantle and also acknowledging that Probably their fans have kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the the, analogy, like the the depth they went with was like, okay, well, everyone's stuck at home. The kids aren't going to school. They're going to get, you know, really pent up. Dad's not going to work or dad's stuck at home doing work. Mom can't clean the house because the kids are running around everywhere. So maybe we could do story time so that, you know, the parents can pluck the kids and put them in front of the TV with us and, you know, go whatever needs to be done like that was that was their approach to it
1: and it was it was really sweet and how they wanted to have you know they they picked stories with some sort of you know resonance and yeah like sure you can like stick the kid in front of like endless episodes of peppa pig or whatever on netflix but um there was something very like just very sweet about the the about that Kind of wanting to do the story time for, for their fans, but but the fans, um, you know, to give the fans a break from watching kids stuck at
2: home.
0: Yeah, I like. Not sure if, how many people actually did have their kids watch it, but I know a lot of R. C. fans enjoy watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yay, Three Little Pigs, Captain the Beanstalk
1: well something for kids and parents to watch together then you know it was it was just very cute um and I liked the whole process of them going through it and recording and um it was very cute I loved um I loved the little like interludes they had with sort of the one-on-one um, video chat too or it felt like you were zoom calling with like nino like in his pajamas yeah,
0: it was it was like. It was like that moment where you know you first let your your parents or your grandparents onto the internet or you know a smartphone, and they just like don't know what to do, and they're like trying to be funny in their living room, <laughs> and, and you can like just hear the staff giggling while they're watching this rec- while it's like the camera's recording a smart tablet or a phone, and on the other side it's an audience member trying to do funny stuff, and the person recording it is laughing at them. Like, they... they the Archie <laughs> member themselves probably aren't noticing that the person recording them is laughing, but... Yeah. Just, like, the idea that this is, like, like a bunch of nonsense at-home clips that they had to, like, sift through that, to put on Instagram. <laughs> like, I, I knew that the Archie members themselves weren't posting on Instagram because they had very nice nicely written English captions. But... <laughs> Just like imagining the Netflix staff and the Johnny's uh, social media staff having to go through, you know, show with swimming goggles on, pretending to swim around in front of the camera. <laughs> it's so cute, though. And episode episode 10.
1: Episode 10. So episode 10, we'll, we'll uh, you know, finish the circle. So episode 10, um, I thought that was really interesting, too, with um, – with Matsujun going to America and talking with sort of western producers and then he went to the YouTube headquarters and oh my god how rude was that guy like <laughs> whatever the whoever the head of YouTube music was was unbelievably rude how dare you talk about Matsujun in the third person while he's sitting right there like hello do you not know who you're talking to no
0: he doesn't care. <laughs> he's like he yeah. actually said that it's very rare for someone to come out and meet him in his office in New York City. <laughs> like <laughs> he's just—I think he, the, my impression was that he was just kind of like bewildered and amused by all the fanfare, because obviously he doesn't do anything halfway. It's like all—all or, all or nothing. <laughs> it's Masuji flying out to New York to yeah. go talk to you in person Look, as it- a translator. <laughs> If, if
1: RSH is going on YouTube, none of this like middleman nonsense. If Arashi is going to go on YouTube, they're gonna go. Matsujun is gonna personally fly to New York to take a meeting with the head of YouTube. This is how it works. He's Matsujun. That's how it
0: works. <laughs> I mean, part of it was for Netflix, but I feel like he would have done that anyway. <laughs> he would have definitely done that anyway. Yeah,
1: of course he would. He's Matsujun. Um, there. Yeah, are... he loves going
0: to New York. Yeah. besides. Yeah. Yeah, into LA
1: his like little comment I love that they kept it in he was like oh the weather's nice every day here isn't it <laughs> yep yep <laughs> but yeah so yeah so it was interesting hearing him talk to the producers um, and play you know play the RSE songs that we've heard 800 million billion times um, and be like, well, you know how how can we make this and I liked how you phrased it too was like how can we make this appealing you know that for that 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 western people would enjoy listening to it?
0: Yeah, it's like they acknowledge that they know their songs aren't for the western audience yeah. and, and that's something I've always strongly felt as well. Oh
2: yeah, for sure.
0: And, and so going back to that minimalism thing, I like how the translators like, yeah, this guy is talking about minimalism, but that's not really the Odishi sound. That's what? not Odishi style. Yeah. <laughs> no. And they're like, Nope, nope. We're just gonna we're not gonna do the global standard. We he's like we understand that minimalism might now be the global preference, but that's not Odishi's style. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> Very <boy>. diplomatic <laughs> Japanese no.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you can just hear the like ah chato. like oh.
0: yeah. <laughs> minimalism huh yeah um, i still don't understand what that, is. What that even sounds like I is don't... it like lo-fi is that lo-fi yeah
1: lo-fi or, well he was saying that you know that music now and this is something i've strongly felt which is one reason why i've pretty much stopped listening to like western pop with you know some exceptions um but like the standard really is to have it sound good coming out of like shitty speakers because Yeah, he mentioned
0: the phone. Everyone listens on their phone. Everyone
1: they? listens on their phone through the like the shitty phone speaker. Yeah, and so you can't have a lot of detail in your song and like expect people to pay attention to it if it's coming out of your shitty phone speaker. And I think one of the reasons why you know there there is this wild difference of opinion on some of like um to use an example like the recent bts stuff is i listen on nice headphones um and so things can like things sound not good um if you're listening on like a shitty phone speaker that level of detail it doesn't matter you know so yeah so i think that's maybe what um that minimalism thing went so if if You want it to sound good coming out of, like, the worst speaker possible.
0: This is, like, a nice term to be, like, no one really cares about what you put in in there. Just put some, like, trap beats and, like, a bass line and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, I still, I mean, I still appreciate, like, um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people still do appreciate good music, but that's not it's not like what gets pushed for for, especially for mainstream pop so yeah like i don't know i I haven't really taken a lot of time with any of the reborn Arashi tracks have you
0: yeah i've listened to to all of them
1: and do they sound kind of western westernized
0: in a in a way yes and the well the the guys that they work with are you know european or swedish the way you know (laughs) j-pop seems to go um like yes and no because like i don't know for a lot of fans like most of us we still prefer you know the original like it just sounds weird but do i see it being played on the radio probably not but it does find that middle ground between the original and a western style
1: yeah it's it's interesting the way that uh, um matsujun framed it too was that you know for their last year as a group, um, they wanted a new challenge, and so their new challenge was trying to reach out to this global market.
0: And I
1: thought that was
0: yeah, like, that was a that was a big drop of this episode,
1: big reveal because yeah, like
0: yeah, we we have always assumed that they were just you know reaching out to the global fan base that was already there with right. the the Jetstorm tour that they did through you know. Uh, you know, Southeast Asia and Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. But like, th- the idea was there, but I didn't think that was their goal. And turns out that was their goal. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, okay, yeah. Yeah. Challenge accepted.
1: I, I really, I thought that was. I mean, honestly, that was like the absolute, like, sweetest, purest, like Matsujun thing ever is that they have this last year or last two years whatever and they've conquered Japan i mean they really have and you know so here's this like our time is ending are we just going to spend this last year spinning our wheels or are we going to take this last challenge and and what's what's the next challenge like to move to move beyond their borders okay. Yeah. Yeah. To move up beyond Asia. Yeah, it was really, like, I I was like, oh, yeah, like, all right, Masajun, like, get it. Um, America will not understand you, but. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Like, from the
0: get-go, like, I always knew that RSH was never, ever going to be popular in the U.S. Oh, my God, never. Never, never. Like, for you, you did appreciate the music side, but for me, music was secondary it was the variety that got me interested and if the variety wasn't there then you're not interested in the members i mean if you're not interested in the members you're yeah. not interested in the music that was that's pretty much you know the general flow of
2: right uh, personality
0: yeah. based groups, which is what arashi kind of falls into yeah
1: and i mean i and i recognize that i i am unusual for being like baited by um, you know, to like that, that. <laughs> like being pitted by like Kito Dajobu, like,
3: never... Why? Why?
1: no lie. Like, I listened to Kito Dajobu, like. 800 million billion times before i realized that oh they have a tv show (laughs) (laughs) i genuinely just like the song but yeah um yeah so like they're yeah like they're never and and so i think um even trying and i think they did succeed at really reaching out to the global fan base and to me i think that that is a success for them to Um, me as
0: well
1: yeah and i think that um things like that award um for the most albums sold which we (laughs) don't let's not we're we're not going to relitigate it but i do think that you know that them accepting it is part of this also this global because i feel like even just two years ago, they wouldn't have done it. Like they wouldn't have cared. But I feel like accepting like kind of an international award is also part of like this, um, uh, sort of trying to reach out beyond sort of their comfort zone.
0: And I know a lot of like armies and K-pop fans are going to like scoff at this, but for J-pop, there's only like a handful of groups that actually come to the U.S. ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, for an idol group to try to do it is a big, big deal.
1: Yeah. And because there is, I mean, there is a market um, and I feel like it overlaps pretty strongly with the anime market. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the weeaboo, like, I mean, there is mm-hmm. a weeaboo subculture here, like in, which overlaps pretty strongly with the koreaboo subculture. So like, just get off your high horses already. But <laughs> um, yeah, like groups like Perfume, Perfume is Calm... Um, and rock groups like One OK Rock.
0: Oh yeah, um, One OK Rock. has been surprisingly very popular here. Like yeah. I, I can hear the American sound in them. Like they
2: yeah.
0: have a Western appeal.
1: Oh, Yoshiki. Uh yeah,
0: Yoshiki's been, like permanently living in LA now.
1: Yeah, like X Japan has played. Uh I mean so there are there like there are Japanese groups that come here, but it's they don't like it's a small it's generally smaller venues and they're not like it's I think it's pretty acknowledged that it's a subculture thing. Like but but that's the thing about America right now, or like it's all subcultures. Like that's there's no more mainstream. It's all subculture.
0: I think that's just the way it is around the world now since the internet has yeah become so pervasive. Yeah, in with with everyday ver- life.
1: With very few exceptions. Very few exceptions. And when something does hit like hard and mainstream, I think like that's when it's like that's pretty unique.
0: And for this episode, the thing that really got me kind of teared up was that Every member was like, "We might fail. This might fail. This might not work out. But we want to try." Was the sentiment. Like they, they know that you know the U.S. and the Western market is not for them, but they still want to put themselves out there. And then Iva, Iva of all people, was like, "Maybe you know we're not going to take the world by storm," which is like the catchphrase. That was that was the catchphrase that he was in charge of for their debut press, press conference. Like that was the one thing he had to say over and over when they debuted was, we're out of sheet and we're going to take the world by storm, which. Is,
1: oh, <laughs> that, had me, that had me
0: all in my feels that had
1: me all in my feels. And, um, you know, so like when show was talking with his um, athlete friends and they were like, Oh, you know, we always thought like, you know, Athletes, th- our time in the spotlight is limited. You know, what's so um, amazing about singers and musicians is that their songs live on forever. And, you know, if you think about it, Arashi, they've they have changed the shape of Japanese show business. They've made a huge mark on the lives of their, their fans around the world. And, I mean, there are... Uh, I mean, I'm not even... I, I would guess hundreds of millions of people who have the song One Love, or have the song like um, Love So Sweet, or um, yeah, Kito Taijoba, or Happiness, or or something like that lives in their head. Like there is an RSH song that lives in the heads of hundreds of millions of people like around the world. And that is pretty incredible if you think about it for, you know, five like doofy teenagers to, to go from from sort of this humble, humble beginnings to, to that.
0: And like, I don't know if you caught this, but when they were playing the songs for the producers, when they played Love So Sweet, they zoomed in on like this one couple in the room who I like think- – <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like hugged each other and got all snuggly while listening to Love So Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> As if in the Netflix crew was like, ah, music oh, yes. really does transcend languages. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah,
1: like is, is the, is your average American ever going to know Love So Sweet? No. And that's fine. But, um, I feel like that, love so sweet is still like part of like the global like global musical heritage like it's gonna live forever like in in someone's head
0: off of the um they wanted to even if they failed they still wanted to try yeah. to break the western market uh for Iva, he said something really interesting he said um i've always thought that there are many different opinions about what we're doing which is just like japanese to say you know there are people who are going to doubt maybe even within our company doubt that this is the thing to do or you know be like, oh yeah, it's not gonna work out before they even try. Like to me that was just like an interesting comment from him. Like he knows that there is a ninety percent chance that ninety nine percent chance that it's not gonna come out the way they want it to, but they're still putting they're gonna take that risk and then Masajun said something that I thought was interesting, uh, further down the line we might get hurt. Like the way the subtitle the subtitles translated it was Different, but for me, the Japanese said the way I interpreted it was you know, we might get hurt. Something on the if we're going to take this road, we might get hurt, like maybe our pride or you know, the bank account might get hurt. But I think that's worth trying, and that to have the experience of getting hurt together is attractive. It's what they it's what the subtitle said, it's attractive, yeah. in the Japanese, it's niryoku, which is, like, it has a charm to it. Like, you know, that's kind of with the – how do I say this? It's it an internalization that, you know, that's a, a part of it, and that's kind of, like, the charm of, you know – like, the charm of falling in love, you're going to get hurt kind of thing. It's, yeah. like, putting yourself out there, you're going to get hurt. But that's just something that he said he wanted to experience together before the hiatus. And I was like, oh. I know. It's –
1: it really, like, these three episodes were, they were just very, um, refreshing, um, especially after all the toxicity of, you know, getting attacked for the extremely non-controversial statement that idols are not mainstream entertainers, they're, <laughs> like, to, to to have these, you know, still very humble, I think, um men who say things like like show when he said um, he's like yeah I know our job is to sing songs written by others but you know after talking with Verbal I you know I was like oh oh I can write lyrics myself too
0: oh yeah that, oh and um, that, that mind shift yeah. for like an idol to actually try to write his own lyrics which you know that's what every idol has to do nowadays but back in those days that was not expected that was groundbreaking
1: and well and i i think it i still think it shouldn't be expected but um i yeah and and to just still be so to be so humble um about it and you know being like well yeah like i know that our job is to sing songs written by others it just did they these three episodes um left a very good feeling like very just (laughs) very like just after all that toxicity um which i mean i think we don't even have to talk about i did watch i watched episode six of break the silence uh, yeah we, I, we
0: left off on five right we yeah six or seven
1: left. i could not i swear to you i could not make it through episode seven i i couldn't make it through i, I had to give up um <laughs> but i don't i
0: don't know if we i have oh well, you weren't missing. I don't think you're missing much because honestly, like I felt 50, almost half of every episode. It's just really, really nice concert footage. Like what's <laughs> taken with like, I don't know, what is it? The red, the red, is it the red camera that makes it look like super like HD and like, it was like, it was like better quality footage than what they put out in the DVDs. Oh. I feel oh, like <laughs> we on. were seeing
1: <laughs> yeah i I don't even know. um yeah I couldn't I couldn't even make it through and like I, re- I realized after we'd recorded um the last one was that um we never talked about the stage collapsing or the stage oh like, yes. and
0: uh. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I feel like that's worth. Going into just a, just touching on it because um,
0: my jaw dropped when I saw that I was like
1: yeah and I, really and, I think it got it it did not get enough attention first of all I cannot believe they put that on the uh, on the the show and I just was like okay so this aired in like what May was it May April or May but I mean not even. What four months after poor Wendy from Red Velvet, uh, was I mean like critically injured, um, by a like a stage set mishap? Um, d- do you do you remember this at all? Like Wendy from Red I've, Velvet? I
0: heard, yeah, I heard about it. I didn't get the details though.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, gosh. Now I'm going to be talking about it in my ass. But if I remember correctly, it was something like there was a an elevator or something that was supposed to be there and it wasn't. And she fell backwards and like I mean seriously injured herself. And this is also like there was an infamous incident with Chinese Onu where he was almost hit by uh, a piece of um scaff like uh like he was on on a stage like in you know a live performance and something fell and like almost hit him like in the head like it, it was a very close miss and this was oh gosh maybe like five years ago but i mean this these incidents are not unheard of in sort of the k-pop world and to see like you know i feel like people were a little casual about it because they like, weren't even
0: casual the army border hay side was like look at how the staff cares for bts they're willing to risk their lives with bts you know everyone should really appreciate the staff and bts for being so brave to go on this half collapsing stage and you know and i was just like why was it fixed why was it even broken in the first place like
1: yeah like how were they allowed to go out on that stage i mean I don't know, it just, to me, it just seemed like a real lack of concern for the safety of, um, the talents, especially like, you know, knowing that Wendy had (laughs) injured herself like seriously from falling from a stage, you know, not that long ago. Um, and yeah, it was just very like, wow, you, I mean, I guess they read the, read the, Reaction of the audience, right? Because oof. yeah, but... they—that's what
0: they were aiming for, and I was just "Well, like, they got it. <laughs> they got it." Was, they 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 are playing the game much better than I think people are giving them credit for. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um, that's if that's the reaction they were going for. They definitely got it, but I was really kind of shocked by that.
0: I can already see like the Twitter replies in my head where it's like, oh bts are adults they they know what to do you don't have to tell them what to do Stop trying (laughs) to be their mom they they love to work they love running themselves to the ground Uh, they They love not knowing what the weather is hello
1: (laughs) you're gonna take away the pleasure of going outside in a sweater in 100 degree heat (laughs)
0: i'm Um, like when i saw the tour dates and they had an outdoor stadium concert scheduled for bangkok thailand (sighs) in April. And I was like, are you serious? Are you trying to kill these boys? Have you ever been in Bangkok in April? It is, I, it's like the worst combination of like dry heat and humid heat, where it's like like you could feel the breeze, but not quite. And like when you're in Bangkok, it's just like, you know, the, the heat sink of cities, where it's just muggy, but wet, like worse than your imagination could like, conceive." <laughs> It would be, like,
1: um, you know, trying to do, like, a week of outdoor concerts in, like, Osaka in August. <laughs> like,
0: why? Like, Why would you do that? Like, three, three max at Kokuritsu, and yeah. that's it. And they're like, nope, indoor do- domes for the rest of the tour. Like, <laughs> they could sell out Kokuritsu every night if they really wanted to, but it's just, like... Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's, um... That it's just questionable, questionable decisions. It just really has you scratching your head like, what is going on here? Have they not looked at previous, what previous acts have done? Ugh.
0: But, uh, I guess while we're still talking about uh, Break the Silence, yeah, where we left off on episode six, that was the big drop, that tear. Oh, was right. A break the song. And I. I guess it's easy to say now, but when Tear first came out and I listened to it, I'm like, this is a goodbye album. This is what it, this it sounds like a breakup album. And that's, turns out that's what it was. Like the track listing of Tear, what makes it a great album is that it tells a story. Like the songs, you know, they all have a, a story to tell and in sequential order, if you go through it all, it's just like, Yep, the, this is this is where it starts going downhill for them. Yeah. If that's if if you didn't get catch that from Tear and it took you until Black Swan where they're like, <laughs> oh, everything Bring is the pain. pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's oh, it's so depressing. I think um, Love Yourself, Her, and Love Yourself Tear really hold up well. Um, I really like both of those, uh, mini albums a lot. Like I, I still, um, like if they came on random or whatever, like I would not turn it off. Like I, I really like those albums. Um, and yeah, like I, I feel like what happened between tear and black swan? <laughs> <laughs> like how did, I mean, I guess that's gonna be the eternal question is, you know, that we won't find out for, you know, years to come, I'm sure. But
0: whatever that thing in twenty eighteen, that big yeah. twenty
1: eighteen. What happened between um yeah, tear how did we get from tear to black swan? That's I guess that's the the question I'd kind of like answered, but I'm sure um maybe when somebody comes, you know, out of the military and gives a like don't give a fuck interview um, on some variety show, we'll get the real answer, but oof.
0: And so, when we first on our last uh, recording, when we watched the first five episodes, and we're just like, "Where are they going with this? And this is where. <laughs> this is what they yeah. were building up to." Was it, it's and it's not like anything armies didn't already know. Like you know, they told us, and that very tearful mama speech that you know they thought about breaking up. They thought about yeah. you know, not. Continuing on, yeah. I kind of had the feeling when I was watching the first five episodes where they kept emphasizing, you know, you know, OT sevens our our bond is what makes us strong, and just like the little things they kept dropping in those interviews, where it's like if someone wanted to leave, we would talk to them and under, like tell them we understand they feel that way, but you know the group wants to go on, or RM's like. <laughs> if someone complained oh. i would just tell them suck it up <laughs> too that, bad oh, oh my god speaking of rm <laughs> did
1: you catch that line where he basically called them um he i mean he gave this metaphor that had them like christopher columbus like we're all on the same boat and we went to an yeah. territory and i was <laughs> like i was like oh. what the fuck is this metaphor and why did you keep it in and hello all of these like armies who are suddenly so woke uh you have no problems with this like colonialist narrative <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you were you were just cheering people toppling statues of christopher columbus or whatever and now like you're fine with like president namjoon being christopher columbus like mm, okay but that that to me was like whoa where on earth did this come from that was oh i was like
0: um okay but i guess that's that was kind of always part of bangtan's original appeal was that yeah we might be from an unknown company but and we might be wearing you know self-printed t-shirts but we're gonna take on the world kind of you know underdog pale yeah, yeah has now escalated too we're gonna to take over the world <laughs> and that's why we the, the 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 army mentality has just doubled down on that yeah. and gotten so toxic to the point where you know we're losing a fan base account every other week <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you know what's what's kind of interesting is um so I, I guess I didn't did I mention at the the top um so there was this article that came out it was um in Japanese that was an interview with the Korean I don't know if he's Korean American um journalist who wrote that book uh reviewing review I think it's reviewing BTS um and the woman who translated it into Japanese where it's called um, BTS O Yomu reading BTS and I haven't translated the whole thing but like it was just very interesting <laughs> to see, like, um, because the woman who translated it, translated the book is a like a k-pop um, journalist or like fan, right? Or she's in the circles, K-pop circles. She's Japanese. but um so this Korean American journalist was saying like, oh yeah, um, I was a you know, I was aware of BTS before they debuted because we'd heard that, This famous uh, or well-known songwriter from JYP was debuting (laughs) a new group. (laughs) And and then the translator was like, oh, yeah. You know, when they first came out, I was like, oh, they're, you know, they're they're just one of the hip-hop groups like Block B or whatever. Um, And she said... Um, oh, yeah, so they came to Japan in 2016, and it was like, you know, it it was all right. Like, it was pretty chill. There wasn't that much of a fuss about it. And she said that the fuss in Japan, people didn't start, like, asking who this group was in Japan until the media boom in America. And to me, I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're baby metal. Because that's the baby (laughs) metal story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that no one in Japan knew who they were until they got popular in America. And Japan was like, who's this group that America likes? <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, so I haven't translated the whole thing yet. But I mean, it's it, um, I don't know how much new information is in there really for people. But I thought the framing is interesting. Um, so I'm going to post it just to give people a sense of um, what sort of BTS news coverage looks like outside the American bubble
0: do it. Yeah,
1: I mean there it's I mean it's a positive, you know, they they they're all like they're saying good things, but it's just kind of like the framing is just very different from what you'll see in American media. But yeah, I thought that was funny where he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, so I heard this <laughs> like this famous songwriter was going to be debuting a new group and I thought, "Oh, okay, I'll check it out."
0: <laughs> but, you know, big hit. But but the big hit this uh, n- uh, Um, Nobody, nobody knows who Big Hit is. Mm. Um, BG didn't, didn't have anything. He just had a garage. (laughs) (laughs) The the garage narrative. That was from like American Hustle Life when they were just like (sighs) using the garage of wherever they were doing a photo shoot. Oh (laughs) Oh,
1: God.
2: It's Wherever they
1: were staying. (laughs) It's the, the, I mean, and I, I say this like with all seriousness, but like the lack of media literacy i i do find it very concerning there was just um an article just came out too on um the and i talked about this in my last episode on professional wrestling the um the young Japanese wrestler who um took her own life uh Kimura Hana. you All know right. and yeah. she was on terrace house right and there was this like big blow up with um, one of the male co-stars of Terrace House, and she was getting a lot of hate for it. And, I mean, she had other pressures as well, and you know, um, was just in a very mentally unhealthy place, but yeah, it was just interesting that, so this article came out that um, her the male co-star had given an interview saying that, like, the producers had told him to be uh, kind of aggressive with her, and it's just like how many... Like, how many times do we have to say that, like, reality TV isn't real? Um, that, you know, pe- people are told things off camera. There's staff there. <laughs> like, there's a director. You can take some truths from it, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, it is all framed and packaged for your consumption. And, um, you know, especially if it's it's content from a different culture... Uh, with different um, cultural norms and cultural cues and where different things have different meanings, Um, people communicate differently. Uh, You know, you can't just take these plain, well, he said blah, 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 like, lessons away from it. Like, you know, use your brains. Like, turn on on your brain.
0: (laughs) For people who feel like we're always bragging on BTS, it's, one, because they're in the spotlight and yeah yeah but if you if we want to play fair i mean the arashi docuseries voyage is very much oh, sure. a packed narrative like yeah absolutely the, the, the episode where and i ibo's I, I episode where they go visit his old middle school teacher like you can tell she's like really kind of like not comfortable and awkward. That all these people are in her house, and she's like wringing her hands. Yeah, or the, I feel so sorry for her.
1: The um the show episode where they have him, you know, having like a barbecue with his um friends from they were like his old college classmates and some kids, and you know he's just being like charming. And um you know they say I think they like one of the friends is like yeah well everything revolves around show um and like that that was a choice like they. They staged that barbecue for the Netflix series and you know, that that's a choice and like we know that when we watch it. Yeah. Um,
0: oh just a small side. I love show's like really obnoxious laugh during yeah. that entire barbecue segment. And the the one where he's like talking with his middle school friends yeah. too. Where he's like, Oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <I'm gone laughs> and it's it. like
1: Godfather show. These like, yeah. I would never have written that. And they show it.
0: <laughs> and all the, the tamagotchi thing. Like he he gave this note to his friend's little sister. He's like, Hey, baby, I'm gonna get you that tamagotchi for Christmas. <laughs> and she was like, I didn't write that. And the guy's like, I have it right here. I brought it with me to this Netflix recording. <laughs> Maybe we'll do. I'll post this. Some I, I've done this before, where I've compared the overlaps I see with Arashi and BTS. Yeah. Where like, show is essentially the Nam of Arashi.
2: Yeah. And
0: Namjoon is the show of BTS. That laugh reminds me of Nam fake laugh when he does <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> press junket. And I'm like, wow. This is, is this just a thing that you know intellectual rappers do or they have this like super obnoxious earnest but still fake laugh
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's just yeah it's very like i I don't know like well like in someone's show too like when he included the um the anecdote about matsujun like he knows that there's like there's still still um, Sakamoto like shippers out there like <laughs> that ship is still going strong and he knows it and threw that little story in there and you know I, I feel like knowing that doesn't take away from like the enjoyment um but you know you just have to kind of when you're watching this stuff you just have to always be aware that what you're seeing something packaged for you um, and just to just keep that in mind
0: definitely and that's why I, we get irritated when I armies mean, are just taking everything at face value. Yeah, and it's like, especially with the Black Swan era, where they like BTS literally had to spell out that <laughs> oh we're in pain, and I was like oh you're in pain, but then there's like this level of meta where they're like, armies backtrack and be like no they're not in pain. What are you talking about? They love this work. They love their life. How oh. could you say that?
1: OT7, OT7 and ARMY is like, I, yeah, and, and again, and I feel like I've said this before, too, but like, honestly, like, and one of the reasons I did delete my Twitter account again, was, like, you know, I'm not here to argue with 14 year olds, or 15 year olds, whatever, like, you know, you're a teenager, you think your group is the best in the world, like, fine, like, I'm not, I'm not here to argue with you. What bothers me are the grown women Um, some of whom charge money, um, for, for their pearls of wisdom. Um, and some, I guess, who are just here for the clout and some blue check, blue checked like journalists who unthinkingly push this, this narrative of taking everything literally that, you know, BTS um, is in some sort of, you know, romantic relationship with their fan base, which is absurd, and, and to me, like, you know, and it's, it's like with this, this Japanese press coverage I talked about at the beginning, but I feel like you're, you're, all these women, um, are setting, they're just setting the group up to fail, because they are an idol group, um, with sort of a limited appeal, uh, and they... They are extremely derivative in a lot of ways, um, artistically and otherwise. I mean, just look at the the packaging for um, this latest album and compare it with Big Bang's, like Flower Road, like art design. And like, I don't understand why they can't just like it without having to set BTS up to fail. Like, can't you just say you like them without having to say they're the next Beatles? thereby dragging every Japanese Beatles fan out of the woodwork to be like, ew, no, and, like, posting clips of BTS singing poorly, which I have seen on Twitter today. It, to me, like, that, that's not what, like, I feel like if you were a true fan, that's not what you'd be doing. You would not be setting your group up to fail um, by holding them up to some standard that they can never meet. It's It's just, it really breaks my heart to see that, because I don't, like... I don't think BTS deserve to get dragged like that um, by Beatles fans. Like, I, it's it's not right. But if you if you set the comparison up, you're asking for it, you know?
0: ARMY have assumed the role of the PR agency yeah. for BTS. And they are the forefront of... Not, BTS themselves are not the forefront anymore. It, it is ARMY. No. It is most definitely ARMY. Yeah. And... That shift in the dy- power dynamic, which should just very precarious, but that shift there was—I felt like it could have been avoided so easily, but it wasn't. And that, I think, comes from mismanagement from Big Hit and just K-pop in general, where they let the fans have too much power, yeah, in a sense yeah and i
1: mean it's interesting like and i've talked about i've talked about this in like older like if you go through the history series um like agencies like um like sm has tried like they have tried to to be the Johnnies of um of sort of k-pop to a large extent um which comparison that only makes sense if you know who johnny's is but um you know they they have fought back against fans um sometimes good sometimes bad sometimes the fans actually were right i've i've seen other well i've seen winner specifically call out fans for sort of overstepping their bounds um by either trending hashtags um that were inappropriate or um, things like that, and to me, that that I really, I thought that was good to see. Um, yes, and I wish that other groups did it more, especially where the agencies like. I feel like YG is pretty hands off. Um, I think that um, you know when the fans do have too much power, like there there has to be a good balance. Like you can't just be like pay pigs, but you know, you also, when it, when you're the ones dictating what the PR is, when, you know, your group donates X amount of money to a charity, and this, like, the story doesn't even last 24 hours before the story becomes, and their fans also donated X amount of money, it's, it leaves a nasty taste, like, it, I mean, maybe this is just me as a long time, like, J-pop, Japanese market watcher, but it just, it leaves a nasty taste. It really, really does. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to be a fan of a fan base. I'm a fan of the idols. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh,
0: what was it? I, there was a video I watched where they put objectively that the idol fan relationship, like many people have said this, it's symbiotic. But it's also a consensual Yeah. It should be a consensual relationship where the idol understands that they're pandering a persona and the fan understands that they are willingly supporting that idea yeah. and consuming the persona. Yeah. And it doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't the fan is not owed anything more than the persona that the idol puts out. And the fan doesn't control the persona, the idol does. That's and
1: beautiful right there that's that's it yeah that's it you set the bounds you don't ask for more than what you're given and you don't control you don't control the idol but then the idol has the responsibility of you know not disappointing the fans yeah and that's you know whatever
0: whatever that means like the fans loyalty is based on the idol understanding yeah or meeting the fans expectations yeah. To, that's... yeah. to a certain
1: extent. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, going back to the RSC, when the coronavirus episode, when Matsujun says um, that they were going to put the, they wanted to do something to make up for the fact that they had to cancel all these events. And so he said, okay, we're going to put these live concerts on YouTube. But he said he was worried um, that fans would get angry because, you know, they'd purchased the DVDs and Blu-rays of these concerts and then now they're just available for free. And so um you know, he never said he wasn't going to do it. He just said he was afraid they were going to be angry. And so for him, you know, not portraying his his audience meant that he was going to let them know first. And yeah. um you know, so they wouldn't be caught unaware that that um, that this was happening, that they were kind of in the loop, like you know that he appreciated that their their purchases, um, but in that he hoped they'd understand, you know, why he had to do it. And to me, like I feel like that's that's when that's an example of the relationship working. Is where you know the audience understands his position, he understands their feelings, everybody's happy. It's it's uh, it works well, and I.
0: I right. Yeah, it's it, like they've got the balance down to a, an art, really. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and, BTS has never felt like that. It's just been oh god, flying <laughs> by the seat of their pants, and we're just down to basic pandering now. That's all that's
1: left. It <laughs> that really is all that's left, and it's such a shame. Um, I yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm hoping that. I just want I I just want to see uh, I don't know what I want to see I want to I want to hear uh, Jungkook's solo album. <laughs> That's what I want. I want Jungkook's solo album. JJK one. <laughs> JJK one. Um, you know, whenever it comes. Um, and yeah, I want to see do you
0: know solo photo shoots where yeah. they get to talk about something outside of BTS. They yeah. get to try things. Yeah, with other people. Oh, yeah, I want them to like grow as as artists and idols. Yeah, which which you know that's you um, know yeah make an identity for themselves yeah. outside.
1: of Let's hope, um, fingers crossed, that uh, they'll get a chance. Sort of um, when they're not the sole supportive big hit, <laughs> whenever that whatever that day may come do more in their careers that may be more personally satisfying for them.
0: Uh, yeah. And yeah. I can hear, I can hear the voter raging. raging. <laughs> little auntie manties, You don't want to, you don't want them to control us. Ah, ah. That's like, that's what they sound like. <laughs>
1: it just at this point, it just sounds like mosquitoes. It's, I mean, sure. If that's what you want to believe, like, fine. Um, if you're, if you're, gonna put your blind trust in an entertainment company to know what's best and act in the altruistic best interests of their
0: talents (laughs) like sure bts might be able to continue as ot7 post military but i feel like they might not grow to their full potential if they stay ot7 and i well, I, I'm really feeling the strains of it like I
2: yeah,
0: you can as Namdun said in the Festa video I he held back his own ambitions for yeah. the group and that means everyone else in this group should hold back their ambitions for the better of the group I uh, you know at this point
1: <laughs> I I don't even to me I I would just the armies who really are like eh mm, solo anti-manti I mean I would just take a look really at um, kind of Big Hit's financial situation. It, it really doesn't look to me like they're investing back into their talents.
0: They don't even get their own recording studios, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and I feel like that kind of, to me, is more of an indicator of what is happening than anything else. And like, it's how many depressing. buildings have they,
0: have they used so far and they still can't? they don't have more than one recording area room for the vocal line. <laughs> and <laughs> that's like yeah. the latest thing that, that, you know, the solo side is mad about, which... Yeah. Like, some of them are, BTS should be done away with, but most of them are like, why can't the vocal line also have their own rooms, Like a broom closet, it's more than enough. Like why, What? what, what is this? Yeah. Why does, why are they sharing rooms when you literally supposedly built an entire building for this group.
1: Yeah, and I mean, at at this point, I feel like it's, I think that anybody, like, the time to to have gotten angry about this was like two years. Three years ago? Yeah, three three years ago at this point, basically. But, I mean, it's far too late. Like, whatever, like, they're locked in. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But, yeah, I, I just think that it's extremely naive and ignorant to think that an entertainment company is altruistic uh, and has like the best interests of their talents at heart. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if you want to believe that, like, sure,
0: that's that's your choice. Um, well, that's what the docu series was all about. Yeah, so that was that was. I felt the underlying motive or, or message that they were pushing was that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could have done solo stuff. We might have wanted to do solo stuff. We might have broken wanted to break up at some point, but yeah. we overcame all that and now we are going to become O T seven forever. <sighs> even though I may or may not be happy about it.
2: <laughs> uh, it was like
0: it was like that was that was the underlying message of the docuseries
1: and it's yeah, it just it makes me uncomfortable. But you yeah. know, again I that's why I have uh Uh, Unstand, as uh, the kids say, but not that I'd ever, like, stand to begin with, but, um, yeah, I'll just stick with the good memories of, um, you know, songs that I like and the stuff that I like and just hope for the best for the members in the future, even though I, you know, I'm a little dubious about, uh, what's to come, but, you know, what can you do?
0: Maybe... Maybe OT7 will save the day. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows?
1: Uh, like any, anything could happen.
0: The world could
1: end tomorrow. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like, We're getting pretty close to every day, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, maybe this would be a good spot to do yeah. the good day outro. Oh, yeah, where, sure. Where the lyrics are like, hey, bro, we're in this together. Yeah, uh, someday will be a good day, and that's all we hope for for BTS. Yeah, really, it really is. Yeah.
1: So, uh, any anybody that's hate listened this far, like I hope you uh, got what you wanted out of it, and uh, yeah, I hope you also have a good day. <laughs>
3: to till the end of life you're a It's come a good day.
2: Good.